for another powerful lesson today as we continue our look at Psalm 4, verse 4, and how to deal with anger. Here's Pastor David. Now, I showed you a couple places where Jesus got angry, but you might notice that it's only a couple of places. The ministry of Jesus was primarily all about service, love, grace, healing, casting out demons, raising people from the dead. Jesus was all about setting people free. He was all about serving people to the point of death that he served us. He was not primarily about showing righteous anger. You may have noticed that in his life. I'm not saying Jesus couldn't bring it when he had to bring it. He sure could. You didn't want to be a Pharisee doing certain things. He had some names for you, okay? Don't get me wrong. But that was not the primary thing that defined Jesus' ministry. We don't lead with anger. We lead with love. He showed grace and love. He's the Prince of Peace. He brought with him to those who followed him peace. An important question to regularly ask ourselves is, what in my anger, what in my outrage is godly and biblical? And what, if it is, what is it maybe is there that's driven by other forces? my own fears. Remember, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. What's driving it? Let's make sure the scriptures are. Be angry and do not sin. Now, those are issues where anger may be justified, okay? So I spent a little time on that. There's not a lot of areas where anger would be justified. Basically, where God is angry at something, we also should be angry because it's a righteous anger, but not sin in that. And make sure it's tempered with grace and love and sadness, grieving, for those who are just like you were before you were in Christ. But there are times when anger is just wrong, right? Just plain sinful. If you're an angry person, if it kind of is a thing that if people talked about, you'd be like, yeah, that person's an angry person. There are just some people who get angry all the time. It's a big part of their life. It's kind of their thing. You may know some people like that. Proverbs 22, 24, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man, do not go. Angry people often end up in prisons, in divorce courts, and in unemployment lines. In my years of practicing law and litigating, plenty of angry people around. Seem to be a high percentage. Scriptures make clear that pastors and elders cannot be angry people. Not allowed to be angry people. An elder cannot be quick-tempered or violent according to the scriptures, Titus 1. Because people who are quick-tempered are not wise and are not mature. And let's not forget that an elder's job, role, calling is service. To be a servant, how can you serve others when you're an angry person? You can't. If you're prone to outbursts of anger, if you're quick-tempered, let me explain to you why you can't. Let me explain some things to you that you really honestly may not realize. I really believe that some people just don't realize this because anger isn't the thing that helps us to think the best. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's like a drug. It messes with your brain. You don't think well when you're angry. So let me just tell you what's happening around you. Your anger affects other people. If you are angry... You're an angry person. You are probably making people walk on eggshells around you, waiting for you to outburst. Many counselors have spent many hours with many people who have been severely long-term damaged by their husband, by their wife, by their father, by their mother, by their brother, by their sister, by their friends, because those people were prone to anger. 
and they had to spend lots of time walking around on eggshells to make sure they didn't offend the person. If you are an angry person, people are living in fear of your anger. If you have children and you're an angry person, your children are probably afraid of you. Just FYI. If you're an angry person, you have a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, that person is probably afraid of you. You gotta think about how you affect others and ask yourself, do you want people to be afraid of you? Do you want them to walk on eggshells around you so that you can always get your way? If the answer to that question is yes, I do want that, you are an incredibly self-absorbed person and you need to confess and repent that sin now and receive forgiveness and healing from God today. More likely the answer is no, you don't want that. No, you don't want that because you know that sinful outbursts of anger are selfish. They're all about you. They're all about you. Being quick-tempered is all about you. It's my uh, experience that the people who take the brunt of the pain and the suffering from your selfishness when you want to have lots of outbursts of anger are usually the people who love you the most and the people who you love the most. They're the people who are the most likely to suffer from you being an angry person. Ephesians 4, 25 through 27, and then 31 through 32, it says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Here, Paul uh, repeats that. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. Clamor is loud quarreling. You know those fights that are loud, that the voices start to raise? I know you probably haven't heard them. You've seen them on TV. Anyway, <laughs> loud quarreling and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Do not be an angry jerk, paraphrase. <laughs> Don't do it. When you sin in your anger, you are literally given an opportunity for Satan to wreak havoc in your life and the lives of those around you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving each other because Jesus Christ forgave you. Who do you want to be around? Somebody who you have to walk on eggshells. Don't say that. Don't talk about that around this person. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about that because they're going to freak out on you. Or you want to be the kind of person that, man, that person is kind, tender-hearted, gracious, forgiving. Which one do you want to be? You'll have to decide. Scripture tells us which one to be. And we, need, we should walk in that. Look, this is fundamental to the Christian life. That we're tender-hearted and kind and forgiving to others because Christ forgave us. You have to remember, do not forget that Jesus Christ told us, and we studied this a few months back, that anger and murder are tied together. Matthew 5, 21 through 24. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. This is sobering stuff. This is sobering stuff. Do not be a wrathful, angry person. Do not sin in anger. Do not hold on to anger because it's like harboring murder in your heart. 
If you have a brother or sister in Christ, and you have a problem with that person, you've gotten angry, they've gotten angry, and it's come to the point where there's disunity, stop singing, tithing, doing communion, doing whatever, and go make it right, and then come bring your gift in righteousness before the Lord. Your gift of singing, your gift of studying, your gift of praying, your gift of tithing, those things, don't do that while, while you're harboring in your heart murderousness. And if you've been around a person who gets to that dark, ugly spot of anger, that's what it looks like. It's murderous. It's ugly. And I know you don't want that. And Christ warns us very clearly, do not be an angry person and hold on to anger. So let's talk about how to deal with anger in a loving, godly, biblical way. The second part of our verse in Psalm 4 says, meditate within your heart, on your bed, and be still, Selah. Hmm. Chill out. <laughs> Barnes notes on the Bible says, speak with your own heart. You gotta counsel yourself a little bit. Like you would counsel someone else sometimes after this. What would I say to somebody else if they were going through this? Counsel your own heart a little bit. Meditate. Chill out. Don't act. Chill out. No outburst, chill out and think. Think. Meditate in your heart. Ask yourself questions. Why am I angry? Why? Is it about me? Is it about my own pride being hurt? 90-something percent of them will be done after that question, in my experience. Is it godly or worldly? Am I just not getting what I want? Is this feeling of anger something that's loving God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving my neighbor as myself? Am I being grateful for all the things that God has done for me? Here's what I think. If you are truly putting yourself in a, in a, in a state of gratefulness towards the Lord, I love you, Lord. Thank you that I have a family that loves me, a church that loves me, clothes on my back, something to eat. Yeah, there's difficulties, but thank you for all the things, all the beautiful, wonderful gifts that you've given me. It's hard to be in that state and also be in sinful anger at the same time. Gratitude is an amazing, amazing tool to keep your heart right. Are you being grateful for what God has done for you? Ask yourself, is this about my rights and having my way? Or am I being gracious and serving others? Am I assuming the worst about someone's intentions? Or am I assuming the best about someone's intentions? This is an interesting one. It goes to loving your neighbor as yourself because we tend to assume the best about our own intentions. Here's the experiment. So-and-so does something to me hurts my feelings, gets up in my business, I'm going to assume so-and-so did it because they're an evil, horrible, jerky, jerk, jerk. That's what I'm going to assume. Now, let's assume that I hurt so-and-so's feelings. And they go, you hurt my feelings. Immediately, I'm going to find every plausible, even not plausible, every possible excuse that would make it okay for me to have done that and justify myself. That's how it's going to work. Somehow, when it's them, they're the worst. And when it's me, it was just a simple mistake. 
It's a lot harder to get angry if you assume the best intentions about somebody else. And then even if they don't have the best intentions, that you would have some forbearance. Meditate in your heart on what you ought to be feeling and whether your anger is the Christ-like feeling in this instance. Psalm 19:14. let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We want the meditation of our heart to be acceptable in the sight of God. We should be thinking about what it looks like to be a Christ follower and to be Christ-like when we experience feelings of anger. And we know from the scriptures what godliness looks like. Listen to this truth about God. Psalm 86, 15. But you, O Lord, are a God of full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Is that how we're acting in our anger? Compassionate, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in mercy and truth? Mm, probably not. And if not, it's not godly. It's not the way of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, 8 through 15. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, because of that, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, mm. kindness, humility, long-suffering, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, anyone has a complaint, not anyone has a complaint unless it's this, this thing because they went too far. Nope. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now, God is not telling us simply to suppress anger. I'm not talking about burying it deep inside of you so it pops out in some super unhealthy way later on. I'm talking about dealing with anger biblically. Ask for counsel. I have to do this. My wife, smartest person I know, mature, thoughtful, I am most likely going to go to her first and say, hey, Tiffany, um, should I push send? And she's going to go, no, you're an idiot. That person should be mad at you, and you should apologize to them. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I do that. Or maybe, maybe the other person was at fault, and she's going to say something like, wait. Chill for a little while. Think about it for a little while. Pray about it for a little while. And, and in doing that, I go to my wife, I go to my brother, my dad, other pastors, elders, friends, people in the church, people who I know who I trust. I'll go and be like, well, how do you think I should feel about this? Because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling angry and I don't want to. And they help me work through it. It's amazing what a multitude of counselors can do. That's why we have a plurality of elders. One would be a disaster. A plurality, we can get something done. Use counsel. Use counsel. Do not press send. Ready, fire, aim. 
Too much of that. Too much of that. Before that social media post goes published, maybe let's sit for five minutes. Before that text back to that person, that call, before you say something to your friend about somebody else, chill. Meditate in your heart. The person you're angry with is probably not your enemy. They're probably not your enemy. And if you would just chill back for a second, you might realize that. But even if they are your enemy, we actually have instructions in the scripture for that too. Isn't that nice? Listen to this. Romans 12, 14 through 21. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. As much as it depends on you. You can't control other people, but you can control you. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can live peaceably with other people, whether they live peaceably with you or not. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, starve him. No, feed him. (laughs) Goes a little bit against the mindset, right? Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. I like how he throws that in there. It's like, just in case this isn't enough, it'll be like keeping, okay, well then I'll do it, right? Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We love our enemies. That's the whole thing, remember? We're upside down from the way the world does things. Why? Because God loved us while we were his enemies. And we are his disciples, that means we love our enemies, We don't go after them with outbursts of wrath and anger and look at them as evil. We grieve for them. We preach the gospel to them. If we want to deal with anger as a Christ follower ought to, we need to meditate on the scriptures, on what we've been called to, and on what God has shown us about himself. And we need to kill pride in ourselves. More pride, more anger. More sinful anger. This is an easy one. More pride, more sinful anger. Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. What is it that you think you deserve that you're so angry when you don't get it? You, a sinner saved by grace alone, through faith alone. And I'm not talking just so we're clear because this can kind of get confusing for some people about enduring abuse. I'm not talking about that. It's a different issue. It's not pride to believe that you should be treated with respect as a person made in the image and likeness of God and that you should not be abused. It's not a prideful thing to think that. And, and I'm not saying that you should put up with that or forbear that if you're being abused. You should come to me. You should come to one of the elders, one of the deacons, one of the pastors here and let us know and let us help you if that's the case. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what we normally get mad about. When we have pride and we're very concerned about our rights and we're very concerned about the wrongs that we see people doing to our rights, that makes up for an awful lot of the anger that's out there. 
I need to get to the end for today because we're going late here. So I'm going to move on from the pride issue because we could go for a while on this. At least I just on myself. But we need to remember this important thing. We got to keep ourselves in check. Because we deserve the anger of God for our sin. The gospel, the good news is actually keeping us from truly righteous anger and wrath that God has against sin, against those who have destroyed, those made in his image and likeness, and those who have rebelled against him and his glory and his perfection and have been unholy and wicked and done all manner of things. And every one of us has sinned and every one of us deserves death for that. And yet, and yet, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God, who made himself man and suffered so that we could be forgiven if we put our trust in him. The gospel is the good news that the wrath of God has been satisfied by the sacrifice God made of himself. God himself sacrificed himself. If that's not blowing your mind every day, you're you're missing the joy of the Christian life. That's how much he loves you. Let us never, ever become wicked servants who pour out anger and outbursts on others when we ourselves have been spared and forgiven and saved from the righteous anger of God that we deserved. Don't be that person. Be angry, do not sin. Meditate within your heart, on your bed, and be still. Lots of great teaching today that I hope will help you the next time you feel anger bubbling up. And if you need some help in this area or just want more of what you heard today, come see us at Axe Church this Sunday morning. Get all the info you need at axechurchnw.org. Always great to have you with us, and I hope you'll check out our next episode for more great Bible teaching here on Contemplate.